Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Serial Killers, to an unusual first. Today, I am reviewing a brand new novel called The Spindle by friend of the pod, Ashley Griffin. Uh, Hopefully, at this point, you all have listened to my interview with Ashley, and I just really wanted to review this book because I love fantasy, I love anything that's fairy tale adjacent, and I just thought this would be something fun to kind of sink our teeth into. So, um, I'm going to read you the description first so that I don't bumble it up. Uh, it is set in a Celtic world of the 5th century. The fairies, elemental spirits charged with caring for the earth and all its inhabitants, are being forgotten and facing extinction. In a desperate bid for survival, sweet Violet, fairy of beauty, love, and dreams, breaks the fairy law and gives the barren queen a child, threatening to dismantle the future of human history. Her sister Nora, the fairy of death, who desires to truly love Though she is shunned by all mankind, must right Violet's wrong and restore Princess Rose to her correct place in time before it's too late. Her plan is threatened by a prideful king desperate to maintain his power, the kind, poor gardener author whose destiny is endangered by his deep love for the princess he was never supposed to meet, and Princess Rose herself, an intelligent, passionate young woman, fated to become one of the greatest rulers of the land that has ever been known. So... We all know Sleeping Beauty. Most people know Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Uh, That is the issue with a lot of fairy tales, how a lot of people know them. Even if you've read the Grimm's fairy tales, it is kind of how we all know the fairy tale stories. Um, And so what uh, Griffin has done to go through this is to kind of rehash it in her own terms, to give it a moment in time to pick a historiography that would give us some breadth and kind of connect the story together. Also, in a way, it's hard to talk about a lot of the old tales and the fairy tales and kind of the versions we know, which are old as time as themselves, truly, um, without talking about things that are problematic, even from the Disney standpoint, Cinderella or uh, Sleeping Beauty spends most of her movie asleep. That is her story. Um, But there's also questions of consent and and questions of free will and all these things that I think Miss Griffin has done a really nice job in approaching in this story. So I'm going to try to do this review without giving away any spoilers because I think this story is unique in a way where you know the kind of floral skeleton that this story has to hit. Those like key points Um, and kind of some of the iconography that you want to see proven in the story. And then uh, Griffin kind of flips it on its head into her own terms and kind of sets up this world in her own terms. The first thing that I found really appealing about uh, Griffin's writing is that she uses asides quite a bit. So this is, 
utilized by a lot of authors as parentheses to kind of state further in maybe a different tone, a different voice, or just give a little more information. Now, this is a way that I write. This is a way that I read. This is a way that I text with people. So really, as someone who, like myself, who's neurodivergent and loves reading, but sometimes has a problem reading, it put me kind of at peace and at ease really easily early on. It gave you just a little more information in a way that was still provided within world, but you could hear that it's the author's voice, that it was more information that was important to the story, but maybe didn't fit in the sentence structure the way we needed. Those things really made this book enjoyable to read. Um, now the beginning is just a, a tad bit slow. Uh, now that is what I find with most stories, especially fantasy is the beginning is a tad bit slow. Um, Ashley sets up a huge world for us in this that we think we understand, but how many of us truly know about the fifth century Celtic Europe? We don't, we truly don't, we do not. But it is, as she said in the inner, uh, the interview, something important was that was as, um, like religion was being int uh, introduced into this area so it really kind of conflicted with this idea of magic and the fae in these stories um and that really was kind of an important pivot point for where we exist in time and i'm going to quote the book really quick uh that i think is going to be really important as we go through and it's the world is filled with magic if you only know how to look at it in the right way this is a parameter that I love to find in magic realism and magical fantasy that the world doesn't necessarily understand that magic is there. Also, Griffin does a nice job of giving us very open parameters for what magic is, for what curses are, for what wishes are, how the fae and kind of the areas that they represent, the colors that they re represent, how they, forgive the pun, color the world. The idea of magic is only known by the people who remember the stories and who tell the stories. And it's really important that in this, truly, we are near the end of the time where people have started talking or have stopped talking about fairies. They've stopped talking about the fae, the other people. They talk about how if you are forgotten that you fade from existence and the fairy of death, Nor, who we see a lot of in this has to even send her siblings to the other side, which I think is a really powerful thing. We have a character who has to be the one left behind always, that will always be the last one, because how do you forget death? Even if it's not as a fairy, we will always focus on death. And again, death is not an evil thing. Death is not inherently bad. Death is inherently just part of the cycle of life. Um, uh, Miss Griffin is very smart in where she puts in through a lot of this is that like our stories don't just end our stories keep going our stories are never ending and that is really important because what we learn in one life kind of goes into the next life which is very 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 important for us to know uh, which I have another great quote is nothing ever happens the same way twice look forward to the new don't keep searching for what is past it will come again only in new wrappings which I think is we kind of continually age and grow and learn that we have to stop looking at the past for reasons to have fear. And Miss Griffin gives us a lot of that in this story. Something else that she does 
is she doesn't waste her breath and her writing on characters that are not important characters that aren't serving a purpose so she names these characters early on we meet um uh a uh, servant named Martha who will continue to pop up even just superfluously but she's so lovely and I found myself smiling every time Martha popped on uh, I was about to say on screen on stage but on the page it was so lovely to have her show up it is so much fun kind of going through because we're pivoting through these points of where we know where the story has to go like we 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 know Sleeping Beauty at this point we know kind of what points we have to get to like we, they are setting this kind of story up, but there's also this rich mythology behind it. And we also know that there is multiple stories that we're watching. And uh, Miss Griffin gives us this opportunity to see all of that unfolding. And she gives us all the information we need at all the points. She might be giving us information early on about something that will eventually happen in what we would consider like an epilogue that we don't get. But we have. We know it. It's there. These are important things that she wants us to know. And... It, that's something I really enjoyed. And what she also does is deliver on every character. A lot of authors and a lot of people who tell stories end up creating characters that have to be villains or you they want you to vilify, they want you to feel darkness towards. And in this, there is one main character that we feel a lot of darkness towards that if you, as you're reading, you will understand. Um, but even that character is given chapters of the book to grow and learn. And I found myself hating this character. And then as the book goes, I so connected with that character because I think even a character who has brought violence and hate upon someone, it's good to watch them learn and grow even though they ultimately learn that they don't get to keep what they think is what's important to them or they don't get to see the end the way they think they should but again there's that idea that it's better to learn before it's too late in your stories so that you can keep growing and have better lives so here's another quote that i just loved why is it always either or must life always be nothing but painful choices between giving up any hope of happiness and forcibly denying it to another? Griffin does a really great job of giving us a peering into each character's mind. And I found myself really just like empathetically reaching my energy towards each of these characters as they are kind of really going through the best and worst moments of their lives and feeling true f kind of fear and anger and terror and joy and us having characters taken away from us there is a character uh that i thought we would see through till the end who leaves three quarters of the way through the book and it gutted me because another character was kind and that was the right thing to do and it's great to see everyone have to deal with the ramifications for their actions. So many authors write in a way that they're like, oh, hopefully if everybody has these happy feelings, nobody's going to care about these loose strings. Or, or maybe I'll get a second book. We'll tie these up then. That's not something that Griffin does in this. Griffin takes us through and every character gets their strings tied up. So if this story were to continue, we were to get another book that it would be lovely. It would be absolutely wonderful. But I also feel such a cathartic, 
like warm feeling at the end of this knowing that we got exactly to where we need to be at the end of this story now rose isn't present for a lot of this she is our aurora character and they even say that if she had been born later her name would have been aurora um and she's not in a lot of this as she shouldn't because she's present she just isn't there but i love the use of how you can tell the kind of person that uh, Miss Griffin has been for most of her life. She has been an intuitive child who was what we call an old soul who matured differently but never lost the sense of um, childlike whimsy, the belief in magic, this connection to these kinds of stories. There are so many of us uh, who I feel like are the readers who still read like young adult fiction, but we are also constantly like clamoring for these worlds. We're the D&D players. We are the toy collectors. We are the people whose hearts are, you know, we've aged, but our hearts are still quizzical and young. And because we're the ones that are still looking to find magic in the world, which I think is very important. I think especially now, this book is so timely and wonderful because it reminds us to always look towards the magic, but to always keep telling the stories. The moment we stop caring about the stories, the moment we stop looking for stories to tell, the joy of revisiting stories. This is a book that I can see myself rereading because please, we have all of these fairies we meet. We have this color code, this color collection of really fun fairies who all have really dynamic personalities. I think that's kind of the last thing that I think is really, for me, super drawing me into this book is the characters are not given archetypal personalities in a way that it it is a um, easy way for uh, Miss Griffin to write these characters. They all get messy. They all act without their uh, outside of their archetypes. They all act outside of what we think their characters should do they have a really incredible emotional birth and emotional breath they're these really great things um and something that she does with this that a lot of authors don't know how to do and it, it attests that it is because miss griffin is a playwright and i think this is that the the dialogue in the beginning of the book is fantastic it's great in the first half but once we get to the second half of the book there is so much incredible scene work between characters where we really get get in and get deep. There is an incredible scene with Arthur and Nor that is just breathtaking. There is then a scene between Nor and all of the fairies that is just brilliant and wonderful. And then it's immediately followed up by an incredible scene with the Queen Brynna um, that in Nor that is just breathtaking. And uh, something that I really had issues with is in the beginning, I was like, this seems so out of character for this queen to not be raising her child. This queen seems like one that would be so active and to have her just not be present in her child's life seemed wrong. And oh boy, was it just at the point where I was feeling really upset about it that Miss Griffin really developed, like really delivers on understanding the journey that she's taking you on. And delivers a why like she lets you feel these emotions that we would feel very like irrationally and rationally that i think was really important for us to have to then it deliver as to why we're feeling this way 
so it's like the dialogue the characters there's not kind of a misuse or a misstep even of the smallest characters um and everyone has a really nice developed line and and i found myself jumping between which were my favorite fairies which were my favorite characters um i love that she hinted that this is a world that she's going to continue to exist in her place snow nor exists as a character raven something i also appreciated while there wasn't inherent queerness to the story but i didn't think there needed to be it didn't i think feel natural to go the way that the story did there is great gender representation within fantasy characters which again i think is an easy place for us to talk about gender and gender representation even in the fifth century in europe where the fairies do exist outside of the kind of idea of gender it's also shown culturally in most um societies that until a religious idea comes in we exist outside of gender we exist outside of patriarchal ideas or matriarchal ideas that there are a lot of these things that like they're just fine and then we change and then we victimize and we 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 um vilify these things that we had no issue with before and so i thought it was really interesting making the the rue very specifically non-binary and then also even having nor go i am not a woman which i think is really fantastic because what even are fairies they even talked about the violet in a previous version of herself as a fairy wasn't didn't even really have a corporeal body and that's what i really really liked and appreciated and in this idea that they found a way to naturally keep the stories of the fairy going as it goes again i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but it is just really smart and really well put together it's a lovely read if you are on kindle unlimited if you pay for that service this book is free otherwise it's super inexpensive it's super lovely and i think it's going to be the perfect fall to winter read for a lot of people to me the biggest selling point of this book is that the book delivers on all of the characters all of its plot points and you feel fulfilled at the end and do i absolutely want more stories in this universe this version of the world yes but if we didn't get any more i feel so fulfilled and lovely about this book but it also feels one that i want to keep revisiting and keep rereading to find all these little things that i missed um griffin is great about adding her own little easter eggs in which i think is so lovely and so really for me the spindle is for everyone who like princess rose never stopped seeing the magic in the world around them with a tale so rich in wonder and lore you'll ask yourself which fairy blessed me with a gift at my birth and the answer you will find will surprise you as much as the twists and turns in this novel do like it is just really lovely it's an incredible like freshman novel for her like for a very first novel this is incredible i can't wait to see how it's followed up i know she said uh, her novel blank page is coming soon but i want to leave you with a couple lines from this story and i hope this sells you on it and i hope you've enjoyed this review and i hope you were like jumping out to get it you can get it on goodreads you can get it on amazon you can get it on google books anywhere where digital or print media is sold uh even ask your local bookseller if they can order in a copy of the spindle by ashley griffin but no one can read the story of life in one sitting at some point we must decide to come to the end of a chapter and close the book but the story is not over one day we shall pick it up and discover the new secrets and learn old ones again. But that must be another tale that will be told at another time.
Hey, Nerf Herders. You sure you want to go with that? Hey, everyone? There we go. More inviting. Have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love, but something holds you back? Or one that you did love in spite of a flaw? Well, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam Alisea. And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push. We're not experts. We just believe in criticism. Uh, constructive criticism. Sure. So come take another pass at some movies with us. And every now and then, we can celebrate movies that did it on their own, too. You can find us at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pass it on. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com or also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.